All right. Good afternoon. It's another episode of the High Ground, powered by Premier Company. Sal, how's it going? Doing awesome. How good. are you doing today? I am great. We got Aaron Bledsoe with us a uh, day after a WASTI report. So uh, Aaron's joining us virtually. So you know how we start these things anymore. Uh, we have a question of the day. And your question of the day is what is your favorite joke? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're going to butcher is, this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. This is going to be bad. These are supposed to be funny. Um, Change your tone. <laughs> <laughs> I usually just go with just the fact that I'm a funny looking guy. And usually when I do something dumb, that's when, when I'm funny. Um, I got a five year old daughter, so I'll keep it uh, with the dad joke. What are the. Um, What's the strongest days? The strongest days? Yep. I don't know. I don't think I know. Saturday and Sunday, because all the other days are weekdays. Do <laughs> the music. Still not my favorite I'll joke. Give you another no. What do you call a cow without hooves? I don't know. I don't Ground beef. Right. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Jeez. All right. Shut him off. Mm-hmm. Shut him off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, okay. So, what's yours? This is terrible. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You go, you go next. I'll have to take, I'll have to do the last one. All right. Do you know a job I can really see myself doing? What? Cleaning the mirror. Oh, God. <laughs> These are bad. <laughs> They're terrible, but I will say I'm like Aaron. I think Aaron would testify this as well. My favorite joke I can't tell on here, so <laughs> not and keep my job probably. So. Well, we were telling ele- <laughs> we just happened to be telling elephant jokes last night. <laughs> Cause Cause why wouldn't you? Because why wouldn't you on a Wednesday night? <laughs> so we were telling elephant jokes, and I found uh, elephant jokes uh, on the on the internet and tortured my daughter for about 15 minutes. So we know what his algorithm looks like. <laughs> <laughs> do you know why? Do you know why elephants can't swim in the ocean? Because their trunks keep falling down. <laughs> Not even laughing. They can't keep their trunks up. <laughs> Why did we do this? I don't know. It's a dumb question. I came up with it. It was a dumb question. All right, something that's maybe funnier than the, than the jokes of the day. Tell us about the Wasty report that came out yesterday. Clearly, we're uh, if you can we're, do it with a straight face. Yeah. So we're jumping into spring, and people are making planning intentions, and we've heard everything. Which you don't have the planning report. This is a standard Wasty report. But tell mm-hmm. us what we came out with. Yeah, so um, the normal monthly WASDE report said uh, corn, first off, is uh, exports are down 75 million bushels, um, and that was really the only change they made to usage. So that immediately means that stocks went up 75 million bushels. So our ending stocks are going to look somewhere around that 1.3 billion bushels. Um, that gives us a stocks-to-use rate of uh, 9.7%. And the last time I was on here, we were around that 9.1. So 75 million bushels bumped us up about 0.6 of a percent. Um, beans, on the other hand, they actually increased exports. Um, you got to remember on beans, we're, we're looking at a little bit tighter of a um, ending stocks period for that one. So they bumped up exports 25 million but they uh decreased the crush uh crush usage down 10 million 
So net net um, stocks are down 15 million bushels, uh, down to 210 million. Uh, that gives us a stocks to use rate of 4.8 percent. You know, the last time I was here, we were at 5.2 percent. So for prices to go higher, beans are trending in the right way. Um, for prices to go lower, corn's trending in the right way for that. Um, so if you're wanting higher corn prices, this was not what you wanted to hear. Um, it didn't really catch the trade off um, off balance here. I think most of the estimates were saying that usage was going to take a little bit of a hit on corn. Um, beans, you know, I've been nervous for quite a while on beans just because I go back to high prices, cure high prices, and Brazil looks like they're going to have a pretty big crop. Um, you know, everybody's out there saying that, well, they've got some troubled spots, like, well, okay, yeah, they may, but they're talking about a buffer, a bumper crop anyway. So they can handle a little bit of a deterioration in a couple of little spots and still have a really good crop. Um, but beans are holding strong, even though I'm a little nervous about them. They're, they're holding really strong. So that's what yesterday came out. Um, you know, initially, I think corn was down seven cents. Beans were fighting. Um to hold on and stay flat, but I think the corn pressure pulled them down a little bit eventually. You know, right now, if I look at it, corn's down 13, beans are down five for old crop, uh, new crop. Corn's holding pretty strong on new crop, down four and a half. Uh, new crop beans are down about 10. Hmm. So, okay. Wasn't a great report, but it wasn't a horrible report either. So what do you, uh, I mean, what are you thinking as far as, uh, what are, what are the farmers talking about in your local area as far as their intentions? I mean, what are you seeing as far as mindset and how much, how many crops still out there, um, as far as in our local area? I mean, you feel like there's corn, yeah. still a lot of corn. Yeah, I, I feel like there's, uh, quite a bit of corn still out there in the countryside. Um, beans, I think guys have listened to what this market has been saying. Corn and beans have both been in inverted. And, you know, you've heard me say that the markets are like a baby. Um, when it's happy, it'll pay you carry, and it'll tell you that it'll pay you more later on. When it's not happy and it's hungry, it's going to cost you to hold it away from it. So I think guys have really listened to what the market's been signaling them to do, and they've been they've been selling beans. Um, we've not seen too many beans roll across the scale here seems like a lot of them have left. I know we're emptying our bins out right now. Um, any other elevator in the countryside, everyone's been trying to move them as fast as they could, too. But corn seems like there's still quite a few bushels out there. Um, had a, a, a white commercial meeting yesterday where, you know, a lot of guys from the from this area, we were, I say from this area, but we had people all the way from Colorado in there, uh, up into Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, and Ohio, and uh they're facing log jams in some spots. Um, and if you look at a national map, the Eastern Corn Belt basis values are saying, we don't want the corn right now. But out West where they did have issues last year, they, you're seeing basis improve and, and they're, they're needing the bushels. But um, that line seems to be about mid Illinois. Uh, you know, if you cut Illinois in half, uh, North or, you know, East and West to the Western half and the Eastern half, the western half um, can logistically make it happen to go out to Kansas and some of those areas, but the eastern half's eastern half of Illinois still hangs around in the eastern Corn Belt, um, and a lot of those bushels struggling to find a home for it right now. Is it the drought out west that's doing that? 
Okay. Yeah. Is there yeah, other logistical? You know, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Are there logistical problems too? I mean, you got short bushels west, heavy bushels east. Uh, that would be a that would be a supply in the wrong spot. But are there logistic issues also? T- I mean, train problems. <laughs> there are train problems. We've heard about that here recently, but uh, uh, affecting the, the the hopper cars or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I don't really have any experience in that since we we don't have a rail um, side for either of our locations, but. There were a couple of people there um, yesterday that, that did complain, or not complain, but they did talk about how rail has been tough in some circumstances um, because a lot of these end users are getting the cars that they need and they're kind of using them as storage for the moment. So they're not really unloading them and getting them back out on the uh, rail line as, as quick as they have in the past. I don't know if it's not there or if it's just a... Uh, it's got a lot of bushels, so you're trying to find any any hole that you can find to plug it, and I, I think that's what they're doing right now. But like I said, I don't have a whole lot of experience in that, but that that's what I was hearing from the room that I was sitting. In. Trucks don't see. I mean, we're moving bushels pretty well in this area, um, but we do have places shutting down early uh, on corn, so that is something to fight right now. Hmm. Well, they actually. I mean, our stuff goes down the river. Would they actually float it down the river and then back up to get it west to a point to put it back on rail? Would they handle it that much? Or we're pretty much out of that market to get to the west where we're at, I guess, in southern um, Indiana without a rail terminal where we're at. Yeah, I, boy, I don't know. Um, the name of the game is to move it the least amount of times as you have to. And I, I think that would be a really tough sell. Now, if it if if it if it ever gets bad enough out there, then all bets are off. I'll I mean, stick to my jokes. Yeah, <laughs> stay out of the grain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've seen bases get there though. Where I mean, it almost begins. I don't know that it's ever really made it look like we could get there, but uh, bases have gotten to the point where you think eh, we probably ought to do the math on that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and a lot of that times comes down to. Uh, barge traffic or rail trucks just it, it would just eat you alive yeah, trying to do it so I, I think that's the big thing but you know we even heard um heard one guy down in arkansas say that you know the poultry um feeders down there are are kind of backing their bids off which is you know the vast majority of the time they will take every bushel that they can possibly get because they're in a corn deficit area but right now um they're seeing them kind of slow up a little bit because they've got a lot either on the books or um, they're just plumb full right now. So mm-hmm. it, it felt like the room was saying that most of the places are comfortable on corn, um, which is tough. You know, you, you get into some of these areas and you always see in your back door and you think, oh, yeah. there's no way this could be the truth. And, and when you get in a room with people from all over the place, you start to see a little bit more of a wide range of what's really going on. So if the bean stock to use rates are going in the right direction, which is down for for stronger uh, prices there, and then we come out with a with a big corn crop, more acres, I mean, and you would think that drives it beans even better, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, I, I've been nervous about beans, but it, it really feels like uh, beans have some footing right now. 
Um, I say that, and if you look at what the USDA said in the Ag Forum Outlook, which came out at the um, end of February, and, and this was them um, projecting a little bit here. This is them looking at demand, supply. Um, they actually threw some acre numbers out there and some yield uh, numbers out there. Of course, the yield is always on a trend line yield, given the weather and patterns, and I'm sure they go through a bunch of different stuff, but... Um, they threw out the 91 million acres of corn, 87.5 million acres of beans. Uh, so corn acres are predicted to be up. Um, bean acres are going to be about the same. Um, yield 181.5 for corn and 52 bushels of the acre for beans. So in a nutshell, what that gets down to is overall you've got, a, you've got the old crop corn with ending stocks creeping up. And then you're going to be talking about a, the potential. The, pers- the prospective planning report comes out at the end of March. So that'll be the one where you'll see this acreage number either move or stay the same. But that'll be, a, that'll be the number that the trade goes off of for the summer months. But you've got a corn ending stocks increasing on old crop. And you've got this potentially big corn crop if weather plays right and everything like that. You're talking about a stocks of going up to 1.89 billion bushels. So that gives us a stocks to use rate of 13%. Now, when you start getting it, like I, like I said before, when corn gets below 10%, stocks to use, it gets a little uncomfortable. When beans get under five, that's when beans get uncomfortable. But at 13%, um, if you look back at historical values and you start looking at that 13%, you see prices in that 350 to $4 range. Because corn's piled everywhere. Because corn's piled everywhere. Yep. Now, beans, on the other hand, so finished with a highlight or a strong note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beans, you will see, they, they are projecting stocks to go up, up to $290 million after that 87.5 uh, million acres and 52 bushels of the acre. But that puts us in at a stocks to use rate of six and a half percent. This one's kind of tricky because if you look at historical values, when you start looking at six and a half percent stocks to use rate for U.S., I'm talking U.S. stocks, um, you're looking at anywhere between eight fifty and thirteen dollars. Hmm. So the world stocks on beans is going to be where you look more closely at, um, and with beans, that just shows you how important exports are for beans. Um, beans have a different story to tell with soy biodiesel becoming a bigger thing or people talking about it. Some of these plants won't even be online for another five, 10 years, but they are predicting a uh, pretty big crush usage for it. And they're expecting exports to be decent as well. So. And I guess a wild in a card. Nutshell, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Aaron. In a nutshell, what? I would just say in a nutshell, you know, corn feels very vulnerable um, for prices to go down. Now, again, this is just looking at numbers and projecting or speculating some um, beans. Beans feel pretty, pretty safe right now. Um, But I've said it before, high prices cure high prices. And historically, if you look, at these ten, at the ten-year history, I mean, and this even includes the year after uh, the twelve drought. We're still, we are still 
very, very high up on the pricing charts right now. I mean, we're in the top quarter percent. You know, we're, you know, 25% of where it has been in the last 10 years on both corn and beans. If you look at de- December and November futures. Um, so this is a very good time to potentially lock in some high prices. Um, I would really encourage people to sharpen their pencil, at least go off of their average uh, farm expense to come up with a per bushel or a per acre cost and then um, start putting in targets. Because we're starting to get into that time of year um, where you have the seasonality of spring and summer rallies, the potential. Hmm. Potential, let me put that out there, potential. Um, and that's why, you know, we're going to run the average contracts again this year. Um, but we're going to shorten that window down to eight weeks. Uh, I'm going to be running them in May and June because historically May, June are very good months. If there is a rally in the spring or summer, May, June is when that is going to be. Um, so this is a great opportunity to put some bushels in on average. It's free. There's no hidden fees. There's no double up or anything like that. This is a very simple thing where I do the legwork and just, you know, if you put in 8,000 bushels every week on Wednesday, 1,000 bushels is getting priced at, at, the, at the closing price for fall delivery. So. And so that's your recommendation at this point in time? Other recommendations? Uh, you know, my recommendation is just get, get that pencil sharp. Um, figure out your number. And don't be bashful about putting in what you expect to make for yourself on that too. I, I, I think that's something that some people may forget to do is they, they figure out all these costs. I mean, these guys are very intelligent. Our farmers are very intelligent. They have the technology. They have the data, um, especially our customers at Premier. I mean, we can give them a lot of that information um, from the stuff that we do. And to have us on the grain side, on the backside too, is, you know, we could work with the account managers and the farm and the grain side, and we can come up with a marketing plan for you. But make sure that you put some kind of value for your time and your effort to pay yourself into that number. You know, and, and we'll look at those numbers. And if those numbers are feasible right now, then I would highly suggest getting, you know, at this point in the year, I usually say get close to 25, 30% sold for new crop. Um, and by the end of May, June time period, I would be pushing that envelope to 40%. Um, we had the spring price come out at the end of uh, February for insurance policies and things like that. So you can look at those numbers and, and, and check that out. But I, I would not be bashful about locking in profit right now on either corn or beans. I, you can't go broke if you're making money. There you go. So, there you go. You know. I don't have a lot. I I knew it was. It's important always to have you on and follow up with this WASTI report and give this uh, information out. And it's always nice to hear your recommendations as well. And as we as we begin to get closer to time, you know, as they're putting that pencil to to paper. I mean, these are real numbers now. They're not speculating on those numbers. They, they a lot of these plans are already in place. So uh, so good advice. Uh, certainly, probably we'll be back and have you back when we hear the planning report and see what uh, see how that changes your recommendations up to this uh, up to the end of uh, March. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what that says. The the last thing I have um, is bin safety. You know, we're talking about beans need to be moved. Guys are, you know, getting rid of the beans, getting down to the bottom of the barrel, even on corn. Um, be very careful when you're out there sweeping bins. Um, 
I, you know, when the kid, when, when your kids get off of the school bus, make them come out and just stand at the door next to the switch. And, you know, yeah, it's embarrassing that you're making your kids watch you work and they got the easy part of just standing there and pushing the button when hopefully nothing bad happens. But, um, if nothing else, tell somebody where you're at, um, don't go climbing into bins and trying to poke from the top. That's dangerous. Um, we're getting ready to hit planting season. Everybody needs to be healthy and, and get going. So just make sure you're being safe when you're sweeping bins out. Nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. Yep, that's good safety message. Good advice. All right. Aaron, I think that's it. Anything else? Nope, I'm good. Thanks, so, guys. You got anything? So, nope, I'm good. All right. Another episode of the High Ground powered by Premier Companies. Thanks. Like and subscribe if you appreciate what uh, what, what you see as far as content. Thanks. Thanks, Aaron.